Coming up on Mayo Clinic Q&A. Personal protective gear and respiratory equipment is in short supply. How our teams are using know-how and technology to come up with critical supplies for treating COVID-19. Because we've got the clinical staff who really know what it is that's going to be in need, and we've got the engineering and technical ability to be able to tell what a good solution is. From ideas about converting old equipment to meet a new need. We've been building the capability to retro-engineer pieces of respiratory equipment. To identifying holes in the supply chain. One of the parts that Mayo has identified as a critical piece in short supply is a fitting for some of our nebulizers. Question, how are our teams helping to create manufacturing plans to battle coronavirus shortages? Where do we need to be concentrating our effort first? The answer next on Mayo Clinic Q&A. I'm Dr. Tom Shives. And I'm Tracy McRae. Well, Tracy, when it comes to fighting the COVID-19 pandemic, it is all hands on deck around here, including clinicians and engineers from the Mayo Clinic. Joining us in studio to tell us how 3D printing is being used to provide vital medical supplies is Mayo Clinic radiologist, Dr. Jay Morris, and on the phone from the Department of Engineering Division Chair, Mr. Mark Weed. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Welcome, gentlemen. So, uh... Tell us, first of all, Dr. Morris, about uh, what you're seeing in terms of a shortage of personal uh, protective equipment, respiratory equipment, uh, ventilators. Yes, so we began, Mark and I, creating a small group of people that do manufacturing at Mayo Clinic to try and reach out to supply chain management to see what needs there are in that space, because our local needs might be very different than the national needs. But nationally, I think there's no question that personal protective gear and respiratory equipment is in short supply as New York becomes the center of the global pandemic now. They are in dire short supply of personal protective equipment, uh, respiratory supplies, and as the mayor and the governor said of that state, ventilators. And how uh, can you and your colleagues uh, help reduce that shortage, overcome it? I think one of the things that we've tried to do is work together to try and find what our local needs are, and that's by working with our own command center and our own local supply chain, because there are a lot of people with added manufacturing or 3D printing capabilities that are very well-meaning people that are trying something to help with the mask situation or splash shield situation um, that, that have put solutions online that may or may not be effective for our frontline personnel. And we've tried to reach out to our suppliers and our colleagues in the manufacturing space, whether it's a medical manufacturing space or the global manufacturing space, to see if we can help ramp up supplies using additive manufacturing at the national level. What are you making with your 3D printer? What What is happening? So currently, we are not manufacturing for our facility using 3D printing. We've been building the capability to retro-engineer pieces of respiratory equipment, for example, T-tubes or GlideScope covers or masks of various types, but we have not gone into production mode because a lot of these have been untested. And in fact, as Mark can attest to, I think, uh, Mark, if you want to step in here and and add how we've been working with our engineering colleagues to reach out to traditional supply channels. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 3D printing is a great way to develop parts, but the problem is it's relatively slow and it doesn't scale in a lot of cases to large scale kind of manufacturing. And so 
you know, we've been making use of various designs and things that have been developed that way, but then converting them into things that can be manufactured using conventional manufacturing techniques like injection molding. So, for example, one of the parts that Mayo has identified as a critical piece in short supply is a, is a, a fitting for some of our nebulizers, and we're expecting we're going to have a shortage of about 180,000 of those. And that's simply something that 3D printing won't scale up to do. So we're looking at conventional injection molding techniques, and we're already set up to be running about 2,000 of those uh, a week. And I just wanted to comment on one of the things that Dr. Morris said as well. Uh, everybody seems like everybody has a 3D printer, and in the middle of this you know, tragedy that we're going through, everybody wants to help. And, and so people are looking out and they're trying to find ways of applying the, the, the tools that they have. And I think part of what we can do at Mayo is help focus those efforts a little bit because we've got the, the clinical staff who really know uh, what it is that, that's going to be in need. And we've got the, the engineering and technical ability to be able to, to tell what a good solution is from a, from a poor solution. I would add that we also are at the forefront of of point-of-care manufacturing. Mayo Clinic has a large point-of-care manufacturing capability using both 3D printing but traditional manufacturing tools. So we have many colleagues in the industry that are at these large national companies that can manufacture at scale. So companies like Hewlett-Packard and Stratasys who are working on face shields are trying to come up with ways to collaborate with other medical companies, whether they're plastic companies, Medtronic, and manufacture items that would be helpful for personal protective equipment. In Italy, they had to 3D print some of the valves that go into ventilator parts. But really, at the volume and scale of equipment that we need in our country, we need a national coordinated um, group of people like FEMA to be strategically telling our manufacturing infrastructure what they need and where they need to manufacture them and then where they need to sell, send them. So uh, we're not going to 3D print our way out of all these solutions. 3D printing is one tool, again, which is adaptable, and there's a distributed supply chain. So people can manufacture in multiple areas of the country at scale, but at an industrial level through corporate partnerships. That can be delivered locally with a tested CAD file, with a tested material. For example, nasal swabs are being tested for 3D printing at thousands of them at a time per build tray. But those have to be tested for cytotoxicity, false negative, false positive. But then they can be deployed more largely to local places to have it done. So what is Mayo Clinic's uh, centralized command center? What is what is that? There's a centralized command center that starts with our leadership, our Gianrico Ferrugio, our CEO, and then goes down to um, Amy Williams and the head of clinical practice. And then there are multiple layers of leadership below them that cover infectious disease, supply chain management, respiratory care, anesthesia, emergency medicine, the healthcare system beyond Rochester Mayo Clinic, the two sites of Rochester, of uh, Scottsdale and, and uh, Jacksonville. And then there are departmental leadership chair 
people who have all formed command centers at the local departmental level to deal with this crisis, deal with a lack of personal protective equipment. And we are one group in this large infrastructure of a centralized command center. And I think that's incredibly important when it comes to 3D printing because you don't want to be utilizing resources, materials, machinist, personnel to be making something that supply chain doesn't need or is not a viable option, that you have to be in this group of people who are constantly getting updated daily about what our local challenges are and where 3D printing could fit into that or where traditional manufacturing could fit into that. How do you find out what is needed? That's one of the big challenges we, we had when you know we started trying to respond to the situation because everybody's got a good idea and we needed a way to figure out which ones we really should be working on because obviously we have limited resources. And also people from around the country were reaching out to us asking how can we help and what do we need to work on. So, you know, Jay and I uh, got together and put together the idea of this, you know, engineering request or response uh, command center because we both have uh, fairly significant uh, engineering capabilities in our two groups. And we reached out to supply chain, to our respiratory services group, to our healthcare uh, technology management group, and to the command center as well, um, as well as some, some of our clinical staff to make sure that we are getting input on where we need to, to be focusing, focusing our efforts. And so Mayo has, you know, I think a lot of plans in place. We've done, we've evaluated scenarios before we have an idea of where the shortages are. And our supply chain staff have worked closely in in the planning uh, for events like this. And so they're able to give us a pretty good idea of what items are expected to be in short supply. And basically over a time frame as well, we talk a lot about ventilators, but ventilators are one of the last things on the list we're going to to run out of. So there's things we need to focus on first. Um, And so, you know, this, this group has been put together to help figure out where where do we need to be concentrating our effort first. Well, it sounds like you guys are extremely well organized, but hopefully we'll never need your services. Yeah, that would be great if locally they don't need our services. However, there are multiple people around the country who need people who have this type of knowledge. So we're coordinating, not just at Mayo Clinic, but we're coordinating. So when a large manufacturer or a company like Hewlett Packard or Stratasys or Form Labs or these other companies reach out to healthcare systems and say, how can we help? We can point them in the direction of where added manufacturing needs to be. And we can discuss ways they can liaison with the American Hospital Association, with FEMA, with their local state governments in order to create a supply chain like I said, that is diversified and deployable around the country and not tied to a single manufacturing center because large companies that have large added manufacturing 3D printing capabilities have the ability to scale rapidly, but they need to know what to make. And I think that's the critical place that places like Mayo, um, Johns Hopkins, other large academic centers um, play in helping guide these companies to add to the manufacturing supply chain to help build our supply America is really coming together to help fight the pandemic. Yeah, I would I would say that is true. The average American citizen, the front care workers are all banding together to do whatever they can. But we need national leadership and centralized deployment schemes to help deliver these needed items because good citizens are not enough. 
Thank you both for being with us. Mayo Clinic radiologist, Dr. Jay Morris, and from the Department of Engineering, Mr. Mark Weed. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Mayo Clinic Q&A is a production of Mayo Clinic News Network and is available wherever you get and subscribe to your favorite podcasts. To see a list of all Mayo Clinic Q&A podcasts, visit newsnetwork.mayoclinic.org. Then click on Podcasts. Thanks for listening and be well. We hope you'll offer a review of this and other episodes when the option is available. Comments and questions can also be sent to Mayo Clinic News Network at mayo.edu.